BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Certainly. Hello. Hello. One, two, three, four. Hello, test. Hello, test. It's working again. Here's a little ad there I thought I ought to bring to your attention. It says you'll get a kick out of this. It had to happen, for God's sake. It had to happen. It says it's hysterical to see the people's expressions when they try to make a phone call and find out that you have in your house a phony out-of-order pay telephone. You can now buy a phony out-of-order pay telephone. Well, now, of course... I don't know why anybody bothered to buy one. There's plenty in this neighborhood that you can just walk in and look at free, you know. As a matter of fact, <laughs> every phone I go into these days is out of order on any of that or somebody's ripped it out by the roots, which says a great deal about people's attitude towards life. Would you please, Bill, please there. You know, that uh, that brings up a, a whole ramification thing here, and I don't want to bring it up there. Not, not, not feeling the way I do here on this Friday night, baby, with the juices flowing. Oh, man. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that diamond rings, baby. Yeah, baby. Bum 
Take a look at the, the label there. See if you got after you've gone. See if you can find it. After you've gone. Hey, we'd like to, uh, you know, that reminds me, though. That, that, that's a scary thought that anybody would go out. That's that's the new kind. That's called neo-masochism. I mean, you know, it really is. Neo-masochism. You go out and buy yourself a, an imitation, out-of-order pay phone. And it says right out of it. You've got it in there? Now that reminds me, though, of one of those those uh, you know little terrible moments of insight I, I, that you have from time to time. What is it they call that um, uh, satori? When all of a sudden everything becomes very clear to you, you know, boing, a little light bulb lights up over your head, and you see everything in the clear light of uh, of a crystalline, very cold dawn. Uh, I, I can see see where we're headed, uh, since we're now buying uh, imitation. Uh, plastic uh, phones that don't work and never return. Have you ever gotten... Yeah, I see. You just hold it in there. <laughs> have you ever gotten... Have you ever gotten your money back uh, when when when, uh, when you put your dime in and, you know, the phone goes... <laughs> and you hear it drop down in the bottom of the box. You get nothing out of it. See, nothing. And at the top, there's a little silver knob. Have you seen that little silver knob? It says, coin return knob. Do you have the same feeling I have that that's connected to absolutely nothing? That that knob is what they call in medical terms a placebo. See, a placebo is a fake pill. You know what is it, a placebo, don't you? Placebo, yeah, yeah. Well, see, they, they use these in a lot of areas of medicine. For example, if you've got a hypochondriac, you know, this lady keeps coming, oh, I hurt. You have no idea, doctor, I'm hurting here. He says, well, madam, you were hurting over there on the other side yet last week. Oh, yes, but that's gone, but oh, my, it hurts. Well, eventually the doctor realizes he's got a hypochondriac on his hands. Well, now, he can't keep shoving pills in her, you know. The next thing you know, she's going to turn green, you know. So what he does is give her a placebo. It's a pill that looks like a real pill. And he writes all kinds of fancy stuff all over it, you know, like in hoc or regular conk, in espitalog. Be very careful. Take these very carefully because these are very strong. Uh, once every six hours. And you have to take it with seven ounces of grape juice. Nothing else. Because if you take it with water, it'll blow the top of your head off, see? 
So this is very secret, the very special, and it's an experimental pill. Well, by God, you give her this placebo, and within two days, she says, you know, I feel much better. Well, actually, what he's given her is, a, you know, he's got a little, uh, what, they, what they have about the curative value of your average lifesaver, you know, peppermint type. And that's called a placebo. And it works. It really does. You take something, you, you know, you trap, and you, you actually do feel better. Because it's all mental, see? It's all working up there. And the pill somehow affects you mentally, and you feel much better about it. And I think the phone company years ago recognized the fact that a guy who puts his dime in the phone and gets nothing back is liable to kick the side of the booth out. You know, if he does that enough. So they have to do something about it. They don't want to give the dime back, for God's sakes. So what they do is put a thing that he can press, see? So the minute your dime goes ding, ding, boing, down into the bottom there with all the other lost dimes in the Sargasso Sea of dimes, I just wonder how much Ma Bell makes a year on dimes that guys lose in those machines. That they, how many times that lady come out, oh, thank you, oh, will you please give us your address and we will mail the dime to you. Mail the dime. Mail the dime. I have lost dimes in Denver, Ketchikan, Alaska. I have lost dimes in, in Lahaina, in Maui. I have lost dimes in uh, at least 500 phones in New York City alone. And, and, uh, <laughs> and I've never... Have you ever got the dime mailed to you? That's right. Have you ever lost a dime? That's right. Okay, so obviously somebody gets a hell of a lot of dimes that are there. And you know what's great about it is the phone company doesn't have to pay income tax on that because that's not income. That's actually a contribution. <laughs> it really is. I wonder about that. I just wonder about that. They must have a they must have a fantastic cellar full of billions of dimes, you know, that nobody, you know, and they keep, you know, legally. They say, well, we're waiting for them to come and get them. I mean, all they got to do is identify themselves. We got them here. Oh, man. Talk about Captain Kidd. Well, uh, nevertheless, uh, the, the phone company must have realized years ago, you see, of course, that uh, that uh, the average guy's got just the, the, what they call the the breaking point. You know what is it? The breaking point. Well, you hit the breaking point many times. <laughs> you, know, <laughs> you yell, bang! Your foot, you know, your foot goes to the ceiling, and you can do superhuman things when you hit the breaking point. You know the old the old expression. You know he had the strength as of ten. You've heard that, right? All right. That that. Well, how does it? What does that mean? It means a guy's blown his gasket. That the, that the strength of a maniac is because he's totally out of control. He could just blow a hole right through the Jets' defensive line. Even if he weighs 20 pounds, if he's, you know, he's, he's out of his bird enough, boom, he hits it like a projectile. Well, the average man has a breaking point, and I can just see the, the, the investigation going on at AT&T, you know, the Bell Laboratories. They have a secret lab in the back, you know. Well, the front, you know, is all front, you know, where they're, they're trying to, they're pretending like they're designing great new equipment, you know, and they take the visitors through there, and the Girl Scouts go through there where they're designing telephones that the, have buttons on that whistle Dixie, and, and the, yeah, the, you have a telephone here where you hit one button, it'll play Muzak while you're waiting for your call to go through, and you press another button while you're waiting for your call to go through to San Francisco, and on comes a Bill Cosby monologue, keep you entertained, and all that stuff. Well, the real, the real uh, experimental stuff is in the back room where these two guys are sitting there cackling, see? 
It does. <laughs> well, I'll tell you, Dr. Archer Slaughter, we have investigated, we have found now the average man has a 1.7 millivolt factor of what we call uh, gasket blowing uh, factors there. And when, when he hits that, when he hits that moment, then look out, he's liable to kick the boot right out. So what we must do is make it so that he has a place where he can vent the anxieties and he can get rid of all them uh, bad uh, vibrations, you know. So we'll put the buttons at the top there, see? And as soon as he hits that point, he hits the button, 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 he presses the button, and pretty soon he's, oh, you know, he's, uh, he's over the hump. He's on the other side of the belt-shaped coil, and we have rescued another telephone. He has not blown the boot over, and we have another dime. <laughs> and uh, on top of that, but of course, you realize when Christmas time comes, we'll have to get ourselves a nice, uh, a, a nice little... A nice little uh, bonus there. What do you think of that, Ashen Schlager, huh? Not a fifty. And not forgotten. Oh, oh, after you're gone, baby. Yeah. I'm just going to get up, and I'm going to split, and I'm going to go out on that Route 66, and I'm going to leave nothing but a trail of smoke behind me. After you go. Ba-ba-boo-ba-ba. Oh, yeah. And so tonight we do like to salute Ma Bell. After you've gone, baby, I ain't gonna miss you. I'd be able to contact you for months. After you've gone. But you sure as hell fight me. No matter where I go, I get them bills. But I get nobody when I try to, you know, when I try to get back at you, I get nothing but a lot of buzzers and honks and a lot of ladies that say, well, that's in another department, please. And there's a click and I got nothing but that big old buzz, and that's the other department. After you've gone, Thank you, thank you, thank you. That's pretty silly. Pretty silly stuff there, you know? Sometimes you feel like you're in the clutches of a gigantic, unimaginable octopus, right? <laughs> Reminds me, this is W.O.R. New York. And uh, would you please uh, give me a little of that uh, cheap Portuguese music? Ah, oh, yes. <laughs> Oh, well, have you ever tried to make a phone call in Portugal? That's a joke. <laughs> it just reminded me. I tried one day. <laughs> in fact, I tried one week. That can be charming, I suppose, if you're in, the, you know, if you're in Portugal. Uh, say, friends, do you know what a Portuguese traffic jam is? Huh? Well, I'll tell you. It's when you're driving along the beautiful country roads in Portugal and you have to stop for a guy in his ox cart to cross the road. That's a traffic jam, and <laughs> it really is in Portugal. And uh, friends, if you would like to see this beautiful country, and I mean it, it's a beautiful place, TAP, the Intercontinental Airline of Portugal, has the perfect way for you to see it. And listen to this now. On their fly and drive tour, that means you get a car and everything when you get there, you know. For only $341, including round-trip economy airfare and a car, 
And, man, they just give you the key. They meet you at the airport at Lisbon, and you take off like a speckled bird. You could drive north to the fishing villages and the wine country. <laughs> West to the castle country or south to the golden beaches of the Algarve. In fact, the tour even includes accommodations, friends. That means hotel, you know, the whole bit. In the Algarve or Estoril and the picturesque city of Chavez. So call your travel agent or TAP and the number is 421-8500 here in New York City. It's 421-8500 for complete details. It's a two-week fly-and-drive tour, TAP's tour of Portugal for 341 bucks. Listen, two weeks, you could hardly live in New York for that, right? It's a beautiful country, no matter which way you turn. <laughs> Come, my little Portuguese vixen. We will go to the Algarve. <laughs> thank you, thank you. I do that pretty good, don't I, though? <laughs> Hey, speaking of uh, of Portugal, may I uh, lay a little wine on you here? I'd like to discuss for a moment. <laughs> yes, this is the weekend coming up. Why don't you have a really great weekend? If you can't go to Portugal, lay in a nice supply of Costa do Sol. Yeah, that's that uh, great Portuguese rosé. And by the way, it's 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 only produced this wine in vintage years. They don't make it every year. And it's aged until the flavor is just right. And it's estate bottled. If you're a wine cuckoo, you'll know what that means. And it's available in full quarts, not those little dinky bottles. You know, if you're a real serious one, you want the full quart size. And it's a, it's a very light wine. It's a soft, light, beautiful rosé. And the name of it is Costa do Sol. Costa do Sol. And it's the only Portuguese table wine ever to win a gold medal at the international contest in Budapest, and you, you know, I, I, I've always, you know, wondered about these contests where they win gold medals. You know, and I wonder how they. Can you see the judges reeling around, bombed to the ears after four hours of judging? You know, <laughs> that's a good one. Get a medal there. You know, <laughs> I'm sorry, but uh, you ought to try Costa do Sol if you want to do a little wide judging yourself. You ought to try a whole quart. You know, work. You, you, you don't want to. You, do, you don't want to be fair to the wine. You know. Taste it all the way to the bottom. You know, and then when they come and mount, well, uh, here it is. Uh, <laughs> yes, indeed. Costa do Sol Vintage Rosé is imported by the Allens of M.S. Walker, Inc., Boston, Mass. This spring, it's your turn to swing. All five King Carroll record shops are holding a swinging spring sale of RCA records and tapes. RCA Records has the most important catalog in the entire world with the greatest stars in every field of music from Perry Como to the Guess Who from Harry Nielsen to Leontine Price from Elvis Presley to Arturo Toscanini and from Eddie Arnold to Caruso During this RCA swinging spring sale King Carol is featuring every album in the RCA catalog for the incredibly low sale price of $3.39 Our regular discount price is $4.95 all on sale now for $3.39, the lowest price for RCA albums in years. All Camden and Victrola albums, as well as cartridge tapes and cassettes, are being sold at comparable low prices. So get in on the swinging spring sale at five great King Carroll stores. 42nd Street at 6th Avenue, 42nd Street at 10th Avenue, 3rd Avenue at 57th Street, 609 5th Avenue, and Main Street in Flushing. Hey, probably, uh, now, again, remember... 
this is uh, <laughs> this must be listened to. Uh, I I uh, make a prediction that Fritz the Cat, which is the big X-rated cartoon that everybody's talking about, which is now showing at the Fine Arts at the UA East and the Victoria Theatres, will probably be a milestone. I don't make many comments of that order. I'm making no value judgment on it either, but it's wildly funny. A curious uh, example of, uh, of movie making, animation, and all of it. And Fritz the Cat is the first X-rated cartoon in history. So, uh, you know, just forget it. If you're a kid, you're not going to get in to see this. That's the end of it. But it is a very curious experience in movie going. And uh, I'm just laying it out there for you. You may dig it. You may flip over it. You may hate it as is the case with almost anything that's uh, controversially interesting. So uh, I'm just throwing it out to, to you. If you want a curious experience, see Fritz the Cat. You may dig it totally. It's now playing at three theaters, the Fine Arts, United Artists East, and the Victoria Theaters. Fritz the Cat, and I'm not kidding, it is X-rated, X-rated. Yeah, I just feel that way tonight. You know, that's a problem. You know, you get to the end of the week, you know, and you don't feel like a, you don't care whether school keeps or not. You have that feeling sometimes? In fact, school doesn't keep often in most offices. Yeah, for those of you who are not in New York, you don't know what's been happening probably. And I'm going to, uh, I feel sorry for you guys out there in, in the hinterland because you don't, you don't really see, uh, you know, the trend of modern life until you get right here in the middle of it all where the action is. You know, I see this uh, a sign the other day down the subway. It says, uh, it says, workers, it says, line up and march. Uh, demand a a 30-day week with a 30-hour a, a week. It says, demand a 30-hour week with a 40-hour pay. Huh, that's a joke. Well, that, that's, that's been going on here in New York for at least uh, two years that I know of. In fact, most offices I know are almost impossible to contact much after about 3 o'clock Wednesday. That's when the weekend starts. And they don't get, they take the long weekend, of course, which means they, it's very, it's silly to call on Monday. They're not back yet. So if you, you have to call between 10 and 3 on Tuesday, and you may get a guy. <laughs> I'll just tell you the truth. It's kind of a joke, you know. And, and, uh, and, and here it is, you know, it's Friday. I think I'm the only one of the rats around. You know what happens when the, when the mice go out to play? That's right. And, uh, that's one of the reasons I like Friday around here. It's absolutely dead silent here. The switchboards are out, everything. They take up the floors. And it's all done late Thursday night. Late. That's about, the, oh, 3 o'clock, <laughs> 2.30. And, but one guy, in fact, one guy I know here in uh, in New York. It's not, not here at this place, unfortunately. We don't have guys with that kind of imagination. But one guy I know has has been on a lunch hour now for over a week and a half. And it's an extended lunch. It's what he calls a business lunch. And he's having it in Atlantic City in this uh, hotel overlooking the boardwalk. And it's a business lunch with a with a very interesting lady from one of the agencies. And they're talking about a lot of business there. And it's an extended one. Of course, uh, that's a... <laughs> It's the kind of lunch that I kind of uh, enjoy. And, and uh, I... I uh, <laughs> what are you laughing about, Bill? You work on the hourly rate, for God's sake. You're never going to get into that world. But uh, <laughs> nevertheless, <laughs> that's one of the. That's one of the. Well, let's put it this way. That's one of the prerogatives of command. You know, the general doesn't have to do the stuff that the privates have to do. But then he has great concerns that the privates don't have to. You know, like you got to get your uniform tailored and all that. And you got to think about those things. 
And uh, you got to buy your own stuff. You know, the privates don't. They, 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 they just go down to the supply room and they hand it out to them. But uh, these are all things that have to be considered. Incidentally, another thing that's happening in the business world here in New York is the sudden influx of uniforms. Oh, yeah, it hasn't hit this, but we're, we're, we're still working back uh, in this organization here. We're still roughly about, we're in the post-Scrooge era. Uh, we're, we're just past the roll-top desk. Uh, in, in uh, here in uh, this uh, organization, no, that's not bad. I, I don't mind that because a certain amount of inefficiency, I, I kind of appreciate that. Uh, it's the efficient. I'll never forget the late Rube Goldberg. One time, you remember who Rube Goldberg was? Well, I was at a at a meeting once. It was actually it was at a dinner. See, it was at this organization, this this cartoonist society. See, and uh, and they were serving. They had about 200 people. I seen they're serving. They're supposed to be serving this dinner. <laughs> and uh, Rube and I were getting our we were getting our shrimp cocktail, just when the rest of the table was already on its cigars. And, uh, you know, they were already down to their third brandy. They had had the steak and everything else. They just, it was all totally confused. You know, the guys come running out. And uh, I, I looked at Goldberg and says, boy, they sure ain't, uh, they sure ain't organized here, are they, Rube? And he's sitting next to me, and he had this strange look. Uh, Goldberg looked always a little bit like uh, one of the characters in this cartoon, a big Adam's apple. And he's leaning back and says, well, I'll tell you. I says, what do you tell me, Rube? He always used to set up his punchlines like this. Well, I'll tell you. He says, if Hitler hadn't been organized, nothing would have happened over there. So I like it this way. Organize these guys, we're in trouble. <laughs> That's right. So a little disorganization never hurt anybody. It's the organized guy. Oh, when I walk into an office when I see nothing but a flat, clean, shiny desk in front of that guy. And gleaming, rimless glasses. Whoo, the milk of human kindness curdles into bottle. I know I'm in. I'm, I'm facing a dangerous man. He's got chromium tusks, <laughs> and he's clean and shiny. Oh yeah, this is the kind of guy. I'm gonna tell you, he's got zippers on his zippers. Yes, sir. By the way, speaking of that, I shouldn't bring this up. No, I won't bring it up. The occasion of the spectacular zipper caper. I won't bring that up. No, sir. Oh no, I did. <laughs> I, better, I better not. I won't. Not at this hour. The kids are still up. But nevertheless. I'll tell you, uh, the, the one thing I, I, I find, though, in the, in the case of, of organization, is that the, it can be a good thing and it can be a bad thing. Now, uh, this organization here is just a little bit past, uh, uh, Scrooge wouldn't be out of place here with his roll-top desk and his quill pen. He wouldn't, you know, uh, no, he wouldn't. You know, probably he's working somewhere on the third floor, maybe up on the 28th, I don't know, you know, maybe the 23rd, I suspect he's up there, his pen scratching away and... And, uh, you know, it's his assistant out there begging, hey, you know, please, may I have the day off, you know. <laughs> My son died. <laughs> what do you mean your son died? It's the third one this year. Get out of there, you know. <laughs> but uh, that's, that's all right. I don't mind that. Uh, six of one half those other. Yeah, you do the best you can. But uh, nevertheless, uh, 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 in some corporations, uh, efficiency has reached such a high level. And... Uh, I, I, I visited one the other day, a very elegant agency, see. And, uh, of course, everybody's been influenced by television in this world. You can't help it. We all are. I mean, I wonder how many how many women are now flipping their hair around over the top of their head because they see those chicks on TV do it all the time, you know, after they take the great shampoo, you know, and their hair flies. And a lot of people never thought of doing that until they saw it on TV. Now they're flipping their head, you know, and <laughs> doing all... Yeah, 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 we're very much influenced by TV. And I, I, uh, I, I, <laughs> I, I ran into it, a real... Great case. 
I'm uh, visiting this agency the other day. They had this, uh, it was a Flim Flam Ogilvy and Bullard, great ag- agency. And I, I went up there to see these guys, FFB, LMD, they call themselves. I don't know what it refers to, but the, uh, I just went up there seeing. They had me, they wanted me to do, do this commercial. And so I went in to see the guy, and uh, he's sitting behind a the desk there, and I see he's got this elegant uh, dark green sport jacket, beautifully cut sport jacket, see? And I know this was a crest on the pocket there. I figured he belonged to some country club, something like that, see? So he says, uh, just, just hold him a minute, fellow. I want to call in uh, Artie. Uh, he's from the uh, creative department. I'll call in Artie, and we'd like to talk about the uh, layout and the storyboard. Uh, Artie, would you please come in? Uh, he's here. That he presses a button, and in comes Artie, and he's got the same kind of green jacket, I notice. I figure they're in the same country club, you know. He's got a little crest. And uh, the next thing I know, three other guys are calling. They all got the same green jacket. Well, finally, I had a say. I said, hey, what's with the green jackets there? Oh, let's see. It's the, uh, it's the team blazer, actually. I said, the team blazer? You guys all play softball or something together? Oh, no, my God, no. It's the FFB&D. It's uh, the uh, Flim Flam Ogilvy and Bullard team jacket. They've got a team jacket. They're all on the team. Well, of course, they've been seeing television, you know. They see, you know, when, when Jim Jim appears... Uh, you know, on the wide, wide world of sports. He said, now, oh, this is Jim Jim reporting from Garmisch Partenkirchen. He's got this jacket, you know, it says ABC on it. Chris Schenkel's got the same jacket. Well, now it's beginning to spread. <laughs> so so the agency, they all come in with their green jacket. It'll let you know. See, and by the way, the enlisted men have a different color. So if you're, if you're a full-fledged accountant executive, you've got the dark green one. It's like the master's jacket. It's mastered. Uh, it's a... Based on the Masters jacket, you know, that, uh, that Jack Nicholas wins every year, you know, with the Masters, dark green one, see. Well, the enlisted men have a sort of a, a sackcloth and ashes color. It's uh, very symbolic. Uh, <laughs> you ought to see the difference between the enlisted men's, uh, the, the washroom and the executive washroom. The, the fixtures are even different, gang. la da ti 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 I don't have to display that, do I, for you? A lot of thing, thing, thing. Oh, uh, incidentally, that reminds me. Uh, I wonder how many of you keep up with the, with uh, you know, develops in the scientific world, which uh, only uh, bring out uh, things about us. You see, one of the things that science is doing constantly is studying other creatures to discover clues to the nature of man. You understand that? Of course, that's why they study camels. And uh, that's right. That's uh, there's been a lot of studying going on recently among. That world, the, the ruminants, they call that. What is the ruminants? Well, those are animals that chew a lot and spit. And certain people I know do exactly that. And that's why they have those signs in the subway. So, um, <laughs> well, yes, we have, we have a lot of relationships with the animal world. And see whether or not this fits any people you know. They've been doing a lot of studying in the pig world, for example. I mean, real pigs, walking around pigs, see? And... Uh, Pig farmers, it's a, here's an agriculturist at the Ridgetown College of Ag- Agricultural Technology. Can't you see them singing their school song, the Ridgetown College of Agricultural Technology? <laughs> moo, 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 we love them cows. Oink, 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 and the piggies too. R-C-A-T. Right over Ridgetown College of Agricultural Technology. Over, over the line we'll go. Well, you know, it gets kind of silly after a while, but uh, nevertheless, uh, so much does, doesn't it? Hey, you, uh, excuse me, Bill, may I interrupt you there for a minute there? May I interrupt? Uh, would you please uh, reset that in there? I feel a song coming on. 
Is that what you want? <laughs> All right, bring it on there, and then I'll tell you about the pigs immediately after I get this out of my gut. Would you please? Oh, after you've gone, baby. <laughs> Let us eat you after I'm gone. And not forgotten. Oh, baby, you're gonna you're gonna miss me. You're gonna miss me, true. Because I'm the only man that you don't ever knew, man. Baby, chick, Molly, the only one. After I was gone. Sue, you're going to lay around there and you're going to wonder just what the hell happened. Well, I'll tell you what happened. I just took off like a big fat speckled bird, and I've got to say that. I will do that. I think I'm going to teach you a lesson. I took off down Route 66 with the old Jaguar trailing smoke, and I ain't coming back. Ba 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 So you better appreciate me while I was here, honey. Yeah. Because there's a lot of walking around scratching guys out there that don't have half of what I got to give you. Ba ba do 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 Hold it there. That's enough of that. That's silly. We're grown-up people. Let's cut out this horsing around. Crying out loud. We should be talking about earthquakes in Peru, poverty in Chile, and all those real important stuff. Oh, you want to hear about the pigs, eh? Well, all right, now I want you to listen to this. Because there may be somebody in your house that this may apply to. Pig farmers should understand that pigs have their own social system, says Dr. J.R. Morris, a livestock specialist at the Ridgetown College of Agricultural Technology in Ontario, Canada. That's official. It's Canada. Mr. Morris said in an interview recently that happy pigs are fatter and more profitable pigs and that farmers should understand the social setup of pigs. Now, there's a very definite social setup in pigs. For instance, says Mr. Morris, pigs have a very complete social order, which involves leaders, followers, patsies. Yeah, there's always one pig they're just kicking around. He's the schlemiel in the crowd, you know. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's a fact. There's always one. <laughs> Power struggles, gigantic battles between, you know, various factions, environmental stresses, which cause, you know, certain pigs to worry a lot, gripe, and even attempt to write novels. And they also tend to ostracize pigs which ignore the social structure. In other words, a guy walks, you know, there's, there's always a hippie pig, you know, that walks around, you know, he's sloppy, and he, you know, I guess a hippie pig would be quite the opposite. He takes a lot of baths and stuff, you know. And yeah, he, he's very neat. And uh, all the other pigs, what are you trying to do? What are you trying to prove, huh? <laughs> there he goes, you know. He's looking down his snout at the rest of the pigs because they're being pigs, you know, rolling around, snorting and grunting in the weeds. And uh, you know how pigs are. Well, uh, this is not lost on me. Not lost on me at all. A lot of that works here. Uh, you can see who's being ostracized and who isn't around this place. <laughs> you certainly can. Oh, one of the most important things you got to learn in this business, in any business, is dress is very important. Very important. 
Oh, yes. If you do not dress properly for the group that you find that you're in, you will not be considered in that group no matter what you say or how you act. Now, I mean in any group. For example, I mean, uh, I mean, if you're living, let's say, for example, if your crowd happens to lay around down in some cellar, you know, down on Greenwich Street there, or, you know, down around uh, Houston Street, you know, and they sit around, they smoke, you know, they blow pot all day long, you know, and they're dropping acid in the whole scene, you know, and, and, uh, and, and you, you're in this crowd. See, you're one of them. See, you got, you know, the whole scene. Well, I'll tell you this. Can you imagine how long you would get by in that crowd if every day you showed up for a hard, you know, a hard day's work, uh, a blowing pop and, and uh, laying around and griping and stuff? If you showed up wearing your, you know, your, your Robert Hall, um, elegantly tailored Edwardian double-knit stretch black Brooks Brothers type suit and uh, with, uh, with uh, you know, with the nice uh, <laughs> Fabian collars hanging down there, you know, and you, you got a elegantly tied tie. Forget it. They'd kick you out of that. You just couldn't make it that. Do you agree? Okay. Conversely, conversely, if you showed up at your job, you know, and you're working in the cost accounting department at I IBM, you know, and you showed up and you've got this, you know, and you're wearing those uh, those burlaps, uh, those burlap, uh, that burnoose that you made, you know, that uh, time when you got the plans from popular mechanics on how to make your own bur burnoose, and you got this burlap burnoose. And you've got love beads, not not even love beads. You've got mystic symbols that you have in, you have uh, cleverly hem stitched into it, and you're uh, <laughs> and you're carrying your mandolin, and you come there and you got these Greek sandals. You know the kind with the straps that come all the way up around your kneecaps. You know you come into your job, and uh, you say, <laughs> can you imagine how long you get by with that? <laughs> Although that's changing in certain areas. Uh, you can always, yes, you can, in certain ad agencies, that's changing. It's, it's worth your life in certain ad agencies I know these days to come in wearing a Brooks Brothers suit. I mean, it's down the air shafts real quick, man. And, uh, so, so all these things, all these, uh, these social conditions are changing. We can, we can report with great, uh, with great alacrity, friends, that if you think that you're in, you're probably already out. Uh, <laughs> you know, that's the truth. So, so you, you, you just gotta, you know, you gotta forget about being in and out. You just gotta do it. You know, just do your thing, see? And pretty soon, your thing will come up. It'll only be up for about maybe eight or ten milliseconds, but in that brief moment, you will be flashing to the sun and you will be interviewed by Johnny Carson. But, uh, hang in there. Just hang in there. It's like my Aunt Clara. She was really ahead of her time. I mean, everybody used to laugh at my Aunt Clara. Tell you this, but today Aunt Clara, if Aunt Clara was was working the scene today, she would be the biggest lady on. She would be the biggest lady on West Third Street. Aunt Clara was an early food cuckoo. Aunt Clara really was, and I can remember Aunt Clara saying things. Well, I'll tell you, I, you know, they put all this chemical in things, and that's why I grow my own dill seeds. And I, and she used to sit and polish her her forks, and then finally she got so suspicious of any kind of of any kind of utensils that Aunt Clara used to eat with with her own version of chopsticks. I see, did she be right in today? Yes, oh yes, many 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 true organic food people are realizing that it's not only the food. Do you realize that many times you put your organic food friends on a non-organic plate? Has you have you thought about that? You have, like hell you have, 
I'm putting it in your head right now. <laughs> I don't give you thought about that. You got it here. Now all of a sudden, they go, oh yeah, that's right. Hey, you know, oh that's right. You're putting your, you're putting your, <laughs> you spend all that time, you know, traveling all the way over to this little dingy shop over on Second Avenue in the Village to buy an organic string bean. You know, and you bring it back. What do you do? You put it on a non-organic plate. Well, do you realize the chemicals that are in that plate? That's right. And then you chew them with your own teeth. And do you realize those fillings in your teeth are not organic? Why, there's many a filling you've got in your tooth that's filled with all kinds of pollutants. Why, do you realize what the silver itself, for heaven's sakes, is a pollutant? You know what happens if you drink water that has a too high a content of dissolved silver in it? Oh, my God. You don't know what that'll do to your liver. And you've got it stuck right in your teeth. That fink dentist five years ago put silver fillings in your teeth. You have non-organic teeth. Why are you going to turn? Why the, why the air itself is non-organic. Do you realize that? Non-organic. Aunt Clara, where are you today? Your hour of glory, you were too, you were far ahead of your time, Aunt Clara. Aunt Clara, I'm sorry. All those snide remarks people made about you. You're the first lady in the neighborhood to try blackstrap molasses ice cream. That's right. Aunt Clara was ahead of her time. You know, I know a place down in the village where you can get Acapulco red ice cream. You see that place, Jerry? Why do I, why, why do I know all about this? Maybe it's the kind, that's the truth. What is it with me? How come I'm the only one ever? So, oh, yeah, 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 I see, yeah, yeah. Plastic telephones that come with an out-of-order sign on them. Oh, eventually, believe me, you'll be able to buy an inflatable 1963 Ford Galaxy with worn valves, with a bad transmission. You know, it's a fake. Fake Ford, it won't go, you know? <laughs> no transmission. Well, I mean, you know, it's, it's, it's in the cards. It's all there. It's all there for you to see. Spread out there, you can see it coming at you, like Kodachrome slides, one after the other. Oh, Aunt Clara, where are you tonight? You were ahead of your time. I could see my Aunt Clara now, hunched over her, over her silverware, polishing it. She carried her own cloth. Never know what they're doing with that silverware. You never know. In fact, she carried her own knife and fork around with her. Until she read an article one time that knives and forks are made out of metal. Metal, yes, you know. At the, the minute minute, microscopic quantities of silver are beginning to come off in her her astringically grown, organically grown pomegranates. So she gave that up, and then she took to eating with her hands. Then, of course, she discovered that during the day, as you walk around, you touch many things made out of metal. God knows what. And so she washed her hands. And then she discovered the terrible fact that many soaps are non-organic. Well, then she began to, she was right up against the wall at that point, you know. I mean, this, 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 this can drive you right down. Until eventually you realize that life itself is a dangerous proposition. Life itself. Oh, Aunt Clara, thou hast missed thy time. Bring on the bugles, sing out the songs. Yes, 
play the ancient dirges for all the past and gone men of all time as they marched across this poor, sad, spinning orb. Yes, marching, marching. Marching for what? Who knows? We got about as much direction in our lives as the average cockroach, and you know it. Well, he's got more, maybe. Because <laughs> he doesn't worry. <laughs> he doesn't worry, that's right. Of course, we don't have any proof about that. It's easy enough to conjecture that the cockroach doesn't worry. But I've seen some awful funny nervous movements of certain antenna. Late at night when I flip the switch on and I catch a couple of them running around a sink. So I don't know whether their life is so completely trouble-free. Yeah, the day that the average dachshund begins to become introspective is the day that the first dachshund poetry will be evolving in that tiny pea brain. So, you know, six of one, half a dozen the other. So I, I, I felt from time to time, though, that uh, now, on the other hand, I don't know. I don't know. This man goes marching in this vast stream of people. Maybe the pharaohs were right. I mean, they put everybody to work building a pyramid. Gave them something to do, you know? You could see it happen. <laughs> when all was over and done with, there was the pyramid, at least, you know? I could see these two guys standing in front of the pyramid. One says, this is a boondoggle. What a joke. What the hell are good is this thing? Another one says, I don't know. But it kind of looks good standing there. You know? It's a great tourist attraction, too, you know? After all... Good night, tourists. This is WOR New York. You stay tuned for Lester Smith and the news. News in detail on the hour from the WOR newsroom. The potent North Vietnamese army attack below the demilitarized zone in Vietnam is stepping up pressure on the Saigon government forces. An apparent attempt to surround Quang Tri City from the north and south made headway when fire-based Bastogne, 12 miles outside the old imperial city of Hue, was taken by North Vietnamese troops. The firebase was abandoned by the South Vietnamese overnight as artillery fire poured into it. Meanwhile, a South Vietnamese defensive line two miles north of Quang Tri City is reported still holding Saturday morning Vietnam time. For two full days, artillery fire has been hitting that line. An estimated 40,000 troops from the north are trying to take Quang Tri by moving up from Hue and down from the demilitarized zone. Meanwhile, refugees by the thousands are fleeing south out of Quang Tri toward Hue. Those fleeing included civilians and, according to Associated Press, hundreds of South Vietnamese soldiers. Hash on the auto carpet led to arrest today of five persons in Queens for allegedly receiving a 100-pound shipment of hashish from overseas. Customs agents in Boston reported finding traces of the drug on the carpet of a French car. It was being unloaded from a freighter that came in from Spain. The agents followed the car's driver, Phyllis Lee Spencer of Ibiza, Spain, as she drove from Boston to New York. Then federal narcotics agents arrested Mrs. Spencer, John White of Forsyth Street, Manhattan, William Wassman of Brooklyn, Helen Scott of Manhattan, and John Taylor, also of Manhattan. All were seized on drug charges in the house at 120-46, 227th Street in Queens. Police in the Bronx report tonight that two school teachers 
were robbed in the faculty lounge by a young man at Public School 42 on Washington Avenue. The attack occurred this morning when the young man, about 19, used a knife to rob one of the teachers. As he was about to attack her, a second woman teacher entered the lounge. She was forced to remove her clothes. She was robbed. However, the teachers were not harmed. The attacker escaped. He was described as about... Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.